Hey, 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 this is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. I'm so excited to have today's guest on Who's That Star. He is new to LCC community and comes to us with a vast amount of experience in his field. This star was born in Queens, New York, but his family moved to a small town in northern New Jersey where he grew up. He began his career in law enforcement with the Baltimore Police Department in March of 2001. He was assigned to the patrol division in the Northwestern District, where he spent most of his career. He has worked in the Flex Unit and the Narcotics Narcotics Division, and he also worked two years in the Violent Crimes Impact Division. During his work in the Northwestern District, our star established relationships with the colleges and universities in the areas where he worked. He worked closely both with faculty and students, as well as campus security at Baltimore Community College, Copen State University, University of Baltimore, and University of Maryland Satellite Campus. He has had many promotions throughout his career. He was promoted to sergeant in 2008. Then he became a lieutenant in 2015. He would later become the commanding officer of the Western District Operations Unit District Action Team. In 2000, excuse me, in December of 2017, he was promoted to captain and moved to Central District. Then May of 2018, he was promoted to major, where he served as commanding officer of Central District. He has received many commendations over his 20-year career. Many came for his service during the civil unrest in 2015 that happened in Baltimore. As the climate and policing began to change, our star was appointed by the police commissioner to serve as both co-chair and head chair on numerous administrative oversight hearings. He was appointed to this position largely due to his reputation for demonstrating high level of integrity and objectivity. He served in this role until he retired at the rank of major in May of 2021. Let's find out who's today's star. Drum roll, please. Today's star is Daryl Gaines, LCC Police Chief. We're so glad to have you here, Chief Gaines. Thank you for having me. So I have so many questions to ask you. So I'm just ready to get started. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what is important in your life right now? Well, you touched on a little bit. I'm from originally from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a small town. It's uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. I grew up in a town called Hillsdale. Mm -hmm. It's about 20, 25 minutes outside of New York City. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... 
Uh, big sports fan, so uh, my, I'm very loyal to my teams. Oh yeah, because uh, I'm gonna ask you later yeah, on. I about. know you're going, there, <laughs> but I, I just start by saying that that you loyal. loyal. Okay, very so loyal. I know where to go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I uh, grew up in a decent sized family. Mm-hmm. I have uh, two brothers. I have a sister, uh, mother and father. Okay. Uh, stayed together for a long time. Still together. So I'm, I have strong belief system and family, right? Uh, values and and you know ethics and morals and things like that. Those things were instilled instilled in me uh, by my mother and father, and and you know just a close knit family, uncles, aunts. Yeah. Uh, Where are you in birth order? Uh, I am the middle child. Okay. So I'm third. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I get a little bit of a mixed bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then um, you know I I spent probably the first 30 years of my life in New Jersey before I finally decided, um, you know, I wanted to become police officer. I met my wife in 1999. Okay. Uh, in New Jersey, she was going to school at Montclair state. She was uh, going for her master's. Okay. And, uh, it was kind of funny because our families actually were connected before we met. Oh, really? Yeah. My, my sister, uh, my older sister, she worked with, my wife's brother-in-law, who was oh. her sister's wife, they worked at Colgate in New York City together. Wow. Yeah, so you had the whole match thing going on. Yeah. They were trying to get us together for a long time, and we finally ended up meeting because my wife's sister is actually the, was the director, still is, uh, but at the time was the director of the preschool that my niece was going to. Okay. My, my sister's daughter. Um, and so we, they had a fundraiser. I finally agreed, okay, I'll go to the fundraiser, I'll meet her, and pretty much have not been apart since. The rest so is the history. The rest is history there. So they knew what they were doing, they, huh? They knew what was happening. <laughs> I, give them, I give them credit. Good. Uh, you owed them. It was a match made in heaven. That's wonderful. And so you know, me and my wife have been married for 22 years now. We've got two daughters. Oh, wow. Yep. And so from Jersey, we, you know, when I decided to get on the police department, we looked around for, and it's like I was saying before, you know, at the time, I didn't have a college degree yet. Mm-hmm. And um, my first, um, you know, what I first wanted to do was be a police officer in the New York, New Jersey area where I grew up. Okay. But, um, you know, the departments up there, they required you to have a college degree at the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I couldn't get on there, uh, which ended up bringing me to Baltimore. You didn't, you didn't need a college degree to get on there at the time mm-hmm. in Baltimore, so... I uh, had been through there a couple of times. My sister lived in Virginia. Mm. We used to pass through Baltimore a lot. I always liked the city. Um, always thought it had a lot to offer. And, I, you know, of course, I had to get the approval from the wife. I mm. say, what do you think about Baltimore? She said, anywhere but Jersey. She, right. was not, she was not a fan of Jersey. Okay. So we ended up moving to Baltimore. Got on the police department and raised the kids there and was there for 20 years. And now I'm in Lansing. The rest is history, rest huh? The rest is history. Yeah, that... Um, yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. And, you know, you still kept going. You mm. you found a place for you yeah. where you were. Right. But then you still did end up getting a degree. Yeah, got my degree. Um, I, I, I got my degree while I was, I guess it was um, when I was a sergeant. Um, you know, Baltimore has had some policies at the time, too. Mm-hmm. And you can only move up so high in the ranks without a college degree. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's funny, I, I remember, I remember, I, I guess it might have been, I had three or four years on the department at the time, and I went out to visit my parents. They were living in the Poconos at the time. And my dad was, we were having, a, I was having a conversation with my father, and he was like, well, 
you know, you got Simone and you've got the two the two kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are your plans? Right. Because at the time, I was I was in working in narcotics at the time. I was perfectly happy with just being a narcotics detective. Oh yeah. And I was just going to stay there. And, and you know, I had no plans on you know trying to get promoted or anything like that. And you know, my dad told me he said, you know, you it's not about you anymore. Right. You know, it's about your family. It's about giving them the best life that they can have. Because that's dangerous in narcotics, right? Yeah, it's dangerous yeah. work, and and you know, especially in a in a city with violence like mm-hmm. Baltimore has. And I think, um, you know, he was thinking about that. Right. But I think he was more talking about my mentality at the time because I was so used to just living for myself. Mm. You know, even before I met my wife, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't really have anybody else to consider. Mm-hmm. And so it was an adjustment for me to to make that transition and realize it's really not about me. Anymore. Right. Yeah. It's about my kids. It's about my wife. And it's about giving them the best life that I possibly could. So, you know, my my father basically hit me upside the head and it was like, you need to start looking to get promoted. Don't make lateral moves. Right. You need to to move up. And so I realized that in order to really, really move up, I was going to have to go back to school and get my degree. It's it's always good when somebody can give you some insight, you know, to kind of push you along that you care about that got, you know, that you trust their console. So I think that's great. Yeah. Well, can you tell me, about your work at LCC, like what's what's the day in the life of a chief police on a college campus? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely different. It's different from where I came from, but you know, here here at LCC, I'm I'm basically everything public safety. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, even when I first got here. You know, the first thing I, I really had to do was sort of assess the entire department, mm-hmm. try to figure out. Um, how to make us better, how to make us more sustainable, um, and how to really build relationships. Right. You know, the one thing that um, I always learned from Baltimore was that building and maintaining strong relationships will pay off in the long run. For sure. And so not just, not just building relationships with, you know, other police jurisdictions um, for partners, but really building relationships within the college campus. Right, I noticed that because I know I jacked that name up. <laughs> what, what's the college? Was it? Coppin State. Coppin, yeah. okay, Coppin. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I saw that. It was Baltimore yeah. Community College, Coppin, mm-hmm. uh, University of Maryland, and then yeah. University of Baltimore. Yeah. So you have experience working with really different kinda, campuses. Yeah, yeah, bridging those gaps. And, and you know, Baltimore is, is obviously different. It's It's a... You know, the amount of uh, schools in Maryland, I mean, they have a ton of ton of colleges mm-hmm. in Maryland, but specifically in Baltimore, there's a lot of colleges in Baltimore. And most of the colleges in Baltimore have their own uh, police. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to bridge those. You have to have those relationships to, you know, just just to have the communication, passing intelligence and mm-hmm. things like that. And I and I knew how effective that was when I came here. And so that was like one of my first goals when I got here was to start building those bridges, um, you know, with administrators, with with staff and mm-hmm. faculty, everybody that that is going to matter to making us good. Right. Everybody that's going to matter to making, you know, the college as safe as it could possibly possibly be as secure it can possibly be. You have to have everybody on the same page. Everybody's got to be moving in the same direction or else it doesn't work. Right. And so that was that was 
one of my primary goals when I first got here. Within my first hundred days, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was an open book for people. I wanted to make sure that I was uh, accessible mm-hmm. for people. Um, I think, I think sometimes, you know, in police work, we kind of get closed off a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and we're not as accessible as we should be. Mm-hmm. And I want, I wanted to make sure that, you know, if 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 a faculty had an issue or if a staff member had an issue or even a student that I am not somebody that's not approachable. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like that I was, uh, you did a presentation mm-hmm. that I went to yeah. with the, um, with the, mm-hmm. the violent the active shooter. Yeah. Active yeah. shooter. And so I was like, Oh, we got the police chief yeah. presenting to us. <laughs> and I thought that was cool. You yeah. know, that yeah. you took the time yeah. to do that, you know, yeah. along with, you know, your, well, I don't hide behind my, behind my position. Yeah. I'm I'm just a regular person that happens to be a police chief. That's, right. that's the way I approach my job. And I thought that was cool though. And I was like, oh, we're important to him. <laughs> you know, I mean that made us feel like, yeah. you know, you had it didn't feel like, oh, I got other things mm. better to do no. than deal with that. And so yeah, yeah. I appreciated that. No, it's my pleasure. I I love doing stuff like that. I love getting out and meeting people and stuff. And yeah, and it was people. interesting. And you know, we got to learn a lot and then you answered all our questions. So I was like, oh yeah. And I felt, you know, secure. Mm. Well, you know, I felt better. That's good. That means we did our yeah, job. Yeah, you did. So <laughs> and I, and we had, you know, we got some tools, like different things to think about mm-hmm. in protecting ourselves. So yeah, it's it's important to have that situational awareness. Yeah, those kinds of just things. to be thinking about that, yeah. you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I'm aware. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, I I think sometimes we do we take that for granted. Yeah, you know, on our cell phones all the time and stuff. So yeah important. So tell me about why you work at LCC. What is it that keeps you coming back here? Because you could have retired. So Could have retired. Um, you know, it's funny, like halfway through my career in Baltimore, I started thinking about other challenges, mm-hmm. you know, because there really is a difference between working at a municipality in a, in a you know, mm-hmm. fairly large city and in a college. Right. And I knew that there was a difference there. I can tell just from talking to some of my, the people that I connect with mm-hmm. in Baltimore. And so um, I think, you know, as I sort of got towards the end of my career in Baltimore, I started thinking like, well, I'm not ready to just go home and sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to keep working. Yeah. Um, but I want a different challenge. I want something that I don't want to just go to another municipality police department and do the same thing I was doing. Cause Honestly, I felt like I had accomplished everything I I, sh- I needed to accomplish, and I felt like I, I did more than that. Mm-hmm. I felt like, um, you know, I even surpassed some of my own expectations of Baltimore. Well, yeah, you did, especially I, with somebody that wanted to do just a lateral, just, you know, just the lateral yeah, moves, stay where yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah, so you know, you, you would ask me twenty years ago if I would have retired a major, I probably laughed at you, but you know, so I, I surpassed my own expectations there, and I felt like. I don't want to just jump into the same pool. I want to do something. I I want to stay in in law enforcement, but I want to do it in a different capacity. And so, you know, it's funny because everything just seemed to line up. You Mm -hmm. know, my kids were were getting ready to go to college. And one of my first concerns is, okay, well, is the college they're going to safe? Mm. You know, and so I asked a lot of questions, you know, the the schools that they were looking at. So I started thinking about it. Well, maybe I should try going to a college because I know what it's like as a parent for your kids to go away to school and you're always wondering about, are they safe? That's a good point. You know what I mean? And so if I can impact that. Yeah. And, and I think the other reason, um, in all honesty is because we had gone through a period of time there 
um, probably from about, um, you know, we had the, the riots, mm-hmm. the civil unrest in Baltimore. And, um, uh, you know, during that time, we heard a lot of young people standing up and, and um, you know, really kind of voicing their opinions about police. And um, I, I just kind of felt like, well, what better way to impact and, and you know, start a different movement through law enforcement than directly um, dealing with young people. Right. Because they're the ones that are speaking out right now. They're the ones that have the biggest problem with us. That's true. And so I figured, you know, I've got experience. You know, I know, I know, I know this profession like the back of my hand. I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And I said, well, let me try my hand at, at doing law enforcement on a college level and actually being able to interact and deal with uh, college age kids directly. You know what I mean? And so I think that's, that's, when I started looking, um, when I knew I was thinking about retiring and I started thinking about other employment, mm-hmm. I only looked at, at college okay. law enforcement. I didn't look at other police departments. Right. Uh, you know, I, I just looked in the direction of colleges because I thought it would be a challenge. I thought it would be different. I bet it. I mean, to me, it seems like coming from where you came from, like mm. a lot of excitement, yeah. a lot of stuff going yeah. on <laughs> that coming, well, yeah. to me, I would probably be, if I was your wife, I'd be happy you were coming yeah. to a college well, campus. But, I mean, there could be stuff that pops off. Yeah, but. sure. But, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I mean, listen, you know, it's no secret Baltimore is a very, it, it's a very violent city. Right. Um, and so I can only imagine what that must have been like for my wife for my parents, for my, you know, my family in yeah. general. Uh, every time I went to work, not knowing if I was going to make it home. Right, yeah. And so I I also had to take that into consideration along with looking for that other challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I took into consideration that, well, let me, let me try to slide into an area of law enforcement where my wife can actually sleep at night and not have to worry. You Man, know? I mean, yeah. Which, it's, I I have a very, very supportive family. I have a very supportive wife. She's a God-fearing woman. Mm-hmm. You know, we are a God-fearing family. Yeah. And I that is how I'm sure she got through most of my careers through prayer. I bet. And so just to ease that burden on her. Yeah. You know, and like you said, not to say that nothing can't happen at, at the school. Um, Lord knows we've seen a lot of right. things happening at the school, but it is definitely a different it's a completely different atmosphere. Yeah, and I think you, you know, I mean, you've done your time. Yeah, I mean, you I did, like I did. You did your time. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's mm. it's great that you have an opportunity to have a second career yeah. in something that you still enjoy, but yeah. you can see the benefits of, Absolutely. you know, helping other people in a different mm-hmm. way. So I think Absolutely. that's cool. Yeah. So what was your first job? <laughs> uh, let's see. This is going to be a little unbelievable, but... Um, I tell you, I grew up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So my first job that I ever had, I think I was, I was maybe ten or eleven, uh-huh. and I had one of those fathers that believed that you get to work, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can do something exactly. So um, where the the uh, town that I grew up in it was a big orchard. Uh, it was called, well, I'm not going to say the name, but it was a big orchard, and it was very close to the house. Okay. And it was a place where um, a lot of the local residents would get all their vegetables and their fruit and stuff. It was basically a farm. Okay. And so um, my father had me go down to the head guy 
and asked him for a job, and they gave me a job in the orchard picking peaches. Okay. Which was miserable. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it was miserable. You're out there, and it's hot, and the peach fuzz is sticking to you, and you're itchy. and Bugs. Oh, everything, everything. Because the peaches are sweet, so you can bees and that, stuff, right? Everything. Oh, All man. kinds of bugs and bees, and oh, my goodness. But that was, I'll say this. That was my introduction into the workforce, but mm-hmm. that that was a miserable job. I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> but you you take something from every every place, so right? I took something from that job. Well, that that's 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 an interesting one. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> I, one, I, I, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of your hobbies, and how did you get into them? Um, well, I love to fish. I mean, that's one thing, and and I don't get to do it much uh, because of work, and you know. I just just don't get to do it as as much as I would like to. But my uncle, my uncle Randy, got me into fishing. He used to uh, fish on the Bassmaster Tour for a oh. short period of time. Yeah, he actually um, he was he played football at Howard, and then he I think he played a very short time uh, with the Redskins. But after he had an injury, mm-hmm. and he was always a big big fisherman, and so he ended up taking it up as a profession and. When we got old enough, he would take us out fishing with him. He would teach oh, us how to cool. do it. That's cool. Yeah. So ever since, I've just been, I love fish. I love the bass fish. So you think you're a pro? No. Okay. I know I'm not a pro. <laughs> but I do enjoy it. I, and okay. I will catch fish when I go out there. I have some idea of what I'm doing. So have you been to any places in Michigan? Not yet. That's what I'm, I really, really want to go. Oh, well, we got to get you to some spots around town. I heard you, you guys got some some lakes. Yeah, because they got somewhere. Sleepy Hollow. Hmm. And you can go out there, and there's a couple of places. Yeah. Uh, my partner, he goes fishing sometimes, okay. so I'll try to get some names for yeah. you and let you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, I'm a sports junkie. Okay. I'm all about my sports teams. We can get into okay, it. Okay, good, because I, I normally wait and use this for the last question, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to ask you. Now, I already know that you're not from Michigan. You know this. But I have to put this out here. Okay. Are you go green or are you go blue? Okay, so this is a hard one for me. Okay. Okay, because I, my own family, okay, my father, my older brother, Corey, my cousin, Amber, uh-huh. uh, they are all graduates of UM. Really? Yes. My father went to um, undergrad at UM. Okay. My brother went to UM business school, graduated from the business school, and my cousin, Amber, is a graduate of UM. Okay, so. But on the other hand, my wife's family mm-hmm. is all Michigan State. Okay, wife's family. So it is a difficult, <laughs> it is a tough line to tow. Um, but I was given specific instructions when I moved here from my family yeah. that I am not to uh, deviate from Go Blue. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Y'all don't invest <laughs> enough cash in U of M that yeah, I can yeah. see that, you mm-hmm. know, that's a, yeah. that you can do that. And that's okay. We still love Listen, the I U of M people. I don't not root for Michigan State. I I just, you, you know, just got to root for U of M when it's, sure yeah. I root for UM. Actually, my wife's, uh, my wife's uncle, her father's brother was a professor at UM for, okay. I think 40 years. Okay. So we got ties to both schools. Okay. I mean, uh, that's fair. <laughs> but um, with that being said, yeah, I am a Giants fan. Okay. And I'm a Mets fan. Okay. Anything. And I'm a Nets fan. 
uh, you know, they were in New Jersey for a long time before they moved to Brooklyn. Right. So I'm very, very loyal to my teams. Okay, you know, and yeah. I get that. I, that's mm-hmm. me. I'm loyal mm-hmm. to all my teams too. Right. Even the Lions. You should I'm, be. <laughs> I'm, I'm loyal to all of my teams. I team. know the pain. I've been so, a Giant fan for a very long time. Right. So I know the pain. But yeah, you got to be a loyal fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I do appreciate that. Absolutely. So do you live by any piece of advice or a motto? I do. Um, so I told you that I'm, you know, we're a God-fearing family. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, every morning that would, when I wake up, I always thank God for giving me another day because it's not promised. Right. So I always say a little silent prayer to myself, thanking, thanking the good Lord for mm-hmm. another day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody said something to me a long, long time ago. And it made a lot of sense to me because um, of the personality that I had and how I grew up. But I always remind myself every morning when I wake up that yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not promised. Mm -hmm. But for today, I'm okay. And that that to me, um, it's a reminder to myself not to dwell on the bad days. You know, and don't worry about what hasn't happened yet. Right. But just be grateful, be blessed that you have today to have a better day. You know, that's that's kind of how I wake up every morning. That's what that's those are the things that I tell myself mm-hmm. before I start my day. Um, and yeah, that that's those are those are two things that are almost like ritual with me at this point. Well, I definitely think the, those are great models and mm-hmm. I, I model, excuse me, and I think that. We're going to end on that mm. because we, we've already talked. And I still got a whole bunch of questions that I could ask you, but I only have a short <laughs> amount of time. So we definitely going to have to bring you back. I would love to come back. I appreciate you taking time to come on Who's That Star Today. Yeah. Um, I think it's good that we get an opportunity to get to know that the people that protect us. Mm. And yeah. um, I think that, like I said, I was really impressed with you. I, I, I appreciate you. the training that you gave us. And so... Not a problem. Um, I'm hoping that you're here with us for a long time. That's the plan. All right. It's well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. You guys, um, I will see you soon. And make sure to tune in to Who's That Star? You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A. And you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star? And other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out who's that star. Featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that help to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. October 17th through the 21st, Lansing Community College will be celebrating National Transfer Student Week. You can learn more about transferring options available to LCC students. 
LCC University Center partner universities and Michigan State University will be on the downtown campus in the Gannon Building. Representatives from each university will be available with information about transferring. Find more details by visiting lcc.edu uc. Hi, I'm Melissa Kaplan, and I host a show called Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. It's all about the creativity in our classrooms and on campus here at LCC and the connections we have with the community. You can catch Galaxy Forum here on LCC Connect or listen anytime at lccconnect.org. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel over a mile, carrying a world of trouble. It can land, ignite, and destroy your home and community. You can't control where that ember will land, only what happens before it does. With simple things like clearing areas around buildings, knowing community safe zones, and being prepared for wildfires, you could keep this from turning into this. Your home is better protected from wildfire when your whole community is prepared. Visit fireadapted.org for more tips on how to get started adapting your home and community to wildfires. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College Performing Arts features several events and presentations throughout the year. Find more information by visiting lcc.edu slash showinfo. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Thank you, as always, for joining me here on Shining Stars. Over the past year, the city of Lansing has implemented a system to help residents quickly and efficiently find answers when needed. From reporting those pesky potholes to locating residential resources, the new call center, now known as Lansing 311, aims to be your, quote, one call to city hall, unquote. And although the pandemic kind of delayed the official start of the uh, call center, in May of 2022, the city officially announced its availability to residents uh, to talk about 311 in more detail. Joining me in the studio today is the call center manager, Augustine, or Augie, as most of us know him, Martinez. Welcome to the show, Augie. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, so was I uh, kind of, did I kind of illustrate what the call center kind of does at the moment or? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, definitely. What we do is we're available for really any services that are um, in the scope of what like a resident would need with 
with the exception of something like 911, like an emergency or um, something that like a police or fire would need to get to, 911 still exists. People would still use that for any of the uh, emergency services. But if somebody needed something from the city, like you mentioned, potholes, um, an issue with sewer. And I believe you've actually got another. Uh, there's something else that's utilized, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, that the city utilizes where you can just report a pothole, right? There is. Yeah. yeah. So we call we have what's called Lansing Connect. Um, that's on our website. And what that is, is um, it's a spot where uh, citizens or residents can go online and they can submit a like a picture, a video mm-hmm. of something that they might need to have some uh, some help with or request services that covers anything as well from like, you know, potholes or damaged sidewalk or uh tree down or anything like that and residents can actually take like a picture or a video of it upload all of that can remain anonymous or can leave their own information on there um and uh, and that gets reported as well um so we would be the equivalent to that except you're going to be getting somebody on the phone and um instead of kind of waiting in a bit of a queue we actually work directly with departments so um when you call 311 and and you report a pothole we're getting that information directly into that department system so mm-hmm. it's a, a faster more expedited way for um, citizens to get access to some any kind of services or resources that the city might be offering, potentially get their questions answered. Our goal really at 311 is that when someone calls, we would either be the last call that they make for whatever issue they're reporting, mm-hmm. or we would be able to get them to that next place and, uh, and not have them try to play the guessing game of figuring out who do I talk to about this or who do I talk to about that? It's one call. It's one spot. And to be clear, you kind of grazed over it a little bit there, but this is not the same as 911 or 211, right? That's correct. 911 is still in existence. It's still doing everything that it does. And 211 as well. We actually do uh, refer people to 211 if mm-hmm. needed, like if somebody calls. And, you know, a lot of times when people call, they, they don't know what they are looking for or what might be the best avenue. Um, and 311 actually, uh, we, we've realized that there is really a need out there, not just for what services people are looking for, but just to get a, an ability to disseminate what is available to people and who they might be you know, looking for, they, mm-hmm. they maybe don't know, they don't know who to call or, mm-hmm. you know, what department handles certain things. And so just figuring that out um, really tends to be a, a good part of the initial conversations and then um, connecting people with those services. Uh, and sometimes with multiple services, you know, somebody calls and maybe they have an issue of a sewer backup in their house. And at the same time, there's a tree down uh, right down the road or, you know, there's a big pothole somewhere. Uh, 311 now can handle that stuff in the same phone call okay. where previous. You'd have to kind of call multiple places right, to get right, that right. stuff set up. So um, it works out as, as a really good benefit for uh, for residents calling in. That is awesome. You know, you and I have actually known each other for quite a while. We've known each other mostly outside of uh, this type of atmosphere generally yeah. uh, we're at live concerts and one of the things that I have always loved about you is and even today you come in here and you just automatically have this <laughs> smile on your face and it's <laughs> awesome uh, do, you always seem like a very positive person and so I've got to ask you one of my one of my favorite questions is positivity for me I have to work at it do you believe it's like a natural trait for people or do you feel like it's like more learned um you know I I guess I I kind of feel like it's it's a bit of a natural trait, uh, at least for me, you know, it's, it's something that I just, I kind of, 
I don't I don't feel like I intentionally like say I'm going to be positive today. Mm-hmm. I will say there are days where, you know, I do have to regroup and, and get myself back together. And that's the thing. I've seen you in a bad mood, but you still managed <laughs> to pull it off looking like you were just OK. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're definitely I mean, levity helps quite a bit in, in, in you know, getting through situations and stuff. Um, so. I mean, I think that that really does does help me. But but also, I think at the end of the day, you know, if if I feel like much like, you know, when we talked about this show is just like trying to affect, you know, positive change and trying to affect positivity right. and, and not just for myself, but in other people's lives, I think is really something that I, you know, get a lot of like, you know, pleasure from from being a part of. And and I think that the more that I feel like I'm up, you know, doing that or or, or affecting that, I think that it really does help. And you know, the bad stuff is going to be there. We might as well not help it, is what I say. <laughs> and always know that it's going to move on. I am disappear at some right. point. It exactly. will at some point. Now, your role as the uh, call center manager, you've been doing this actually since before uh, the official open in May. And I think there was a soft open in December. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, late December, we did. We, we quietly turned the phones on. Uh-huh. And we um, we mostly what we did is we adopted just the main line for the city. So the okay. main line that um, existed in the city, when you called it, um, you, you got like nine prompts of who you might want to talk to or, or what department you might want to talk to. Um, but most people don't know which department they want to talk to. They just know mm-hmm. they have a problem. So we quietly adopted that line and um, started to field questions. So the thing about 311, it is a, it is a really intentional partnership with departments. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is it is not just like, oh, we're going to take our, your calls for you and, and take messages for you. Mm-hmm. We are, in fact, a part of each department. Okay. We are integrated in their department. We're trained in many of the things that those departments do. We kind of pick a line when we start a partnership with the department, and then we work to make sure that we can address as many questions as we can on one side of that line. Mm-hmm. And then if if a need or a request moves past that line, let's say it, an, an exception to something or someone that's looking for maybe special permission or something that goes beyond what we've identified, then we can escalate that situation to someone in the department who then can um, take it maybe to a manager or to someone in their respective area, make a determination on something, get back with a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a resident. And so that way they're getting their questions answered. The department is still getting what they need. And they're getting a little bit of breathing room too. Um, we got agents who are taking a lot of their initial phone calls. We hand off the things that we need to and the stuff that we can handle. Um, we we handle that stuff for them. So I like to really use the term intentional partnership because it puts us in a position where we are, in fact, working in each specific department. Right. And um, and and uh, offering that level of service to residents who call in. So when they call in, it's like you're calling seven different departments and you, you don't know that. And that's okay. We, we just want to figure out what it is that you're looking for, get you to the correct place or get you the correct information that you need. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, it was actually kind of a surprise when you and I were talking at one point, it was one of those things where I knew you worked for the city. And then all of a sudden you told me, yeah, I'm working for uh three one one, which I didn't even know what it was at that time. And I was like, well, how did you end up getting into that role? Uh, Is there a story beyond just I applied for the job that, uh, you know, how you became the call manager there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, so actually um, I started working for the city a couple just a couple of years ago in the Department of Neighborhoods. Um, And in that department, I really found a good connection with sort of what I like to do, which is like connecting with people and like helping out, helping out in whatever way we can. Um, Department of Neighborhoods is really 
are uniquely positioned in the city, I feel like, because they are they're they're at a place where it's like if it's doing something good, then let's do that. Mm. Like that's really a, um, it's not an official motto, but it's what I felt when Mm -hmm. I started working there Mm -hmm. in being able to like see the programs that they offer and the things that they do. And the idea that like, yeah, yeah. Like we're not doing, you know, X, Y, Z thing because it's glamorous or we're not doing X, Y, Z thing because there's a good photo op in it, but we're doing this thing because it's needed. Um, when we do like, you know, uh, arrange trash cleanups in different locations and things like that. Um, it's not like we're, we're making money off of that or right. any of that stuff, but it's, but it's, it's affecting that change that really is something that's needed. It's something to, you know, and, and, and not just like us, but like seeing civic organizations sort of like work together for a community and work together for an area in the city was really inspiring to me. And so seeing the need that was out there and then also, when, when you work with people sort of on that level of like, you know, we're all out there on a Saturday morning cleaning up, you know, mm-hmm. a certain park or a certain place or whatever. And then you start to hear some of the other things that people are, you know, have concerns about or they're, they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, I noticed pretty quickly that, that there, there is a bit of a disconnect between like what residents know or, or, or are facing and then kind of like what the city is offering. Um, so when the position of 311 came available, I really looked at it as as a really cool opportunity for a bridge to help um, and to try to make it a little bit easier on both sides, really, like for residents to be able to get their questions answered or to get the things that they need done. And as well on the uh, department side to be able to help take some of those things off of their plate, you know, like there's a myriad of things that that they're just like, you know, if somebody could just take these questions, it would free Mm -hmm. me up a little bit. One great example is like a. They say in in our operations and maintenance department, it's like, well, when leaf season gets here, you know, we get behind and we'll get upwards of like 600 calls a day. And all we have to do is tell those folks, yep, we're, we're going to pick your trash or we're going to pick your leaf bags we'll up. It. Just leave them out there. But they get inundated with these types of calls. Okay. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, we could really affect that very quickly, you know, and, and offer an ability to say like, we'll take that off your plate. Like you don't have to worry about that anymore. Now you can work on the actual things that require your expertise. Right. Um, and so for me, I'm kind of getting back to the, to the question. Like I'm, I feel like it's a really good opportunity to start on the ground level of something and also to develop it in a way that I saw where there was something missing um, in the city already where like, you know, pe- people, I could see where frustration would come from on, on, on both sides. And I could see where people had a need or were, were, were dealing with something because just because they didn't know who to call. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's really the, the approach that I have taken to the position is like, we are here. Like, like I, I continue to, to stress my own personal motto of like, you know, we're changing lives here. Like we're, we're, we're doing something that's going to affect some change in somebody's life. And however, you know, minute it might seem to us like it, it can be a big deal for other folks. And 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 really a lot of the even just, you know, since since the launch, a lot of the stories that we've gotten from folks have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, things that that they didn't know that they, you know, could call somebody and it could be taken care of. And it was just a matter of connecting, you know, the right pieces. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you, when you said it was a, like a bridge. I mean, it, it was one of those things where when you were describing it, I was thinking funnel and then you said bridge. I was like, oh, that's a much better analogy. <laughs> so so it's, kudos to you on that. Uh, do you feel like this is something like when you were younger that you said, 
yeah, that's what I want to be when I grow up? Or is this kind of different than what you anticipated when you were a kid? You know, ever since, and, and you mentioned in the introduction, like, you know, we, we see each other at concerts all the time. So for me, ever since I was younger, I just wanted to be a part of doing music. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm involved in uh, pretty, pretty heavily in the music scene around the area, but I really enjoy just kind of helping people be happy, you know, helping people like where I can. And mm-hmm. I think that that kind of does transcend a bit, you know, it's like you see some folks out at the concerts or you see some folks, you know, somewhere. And I, I, I feel like it's, it's a bit, you know, it's in a different arena, but it's still the same feeling mm-hmm. of like, wow, like that person before we interacted with them was living in a really rough situation. And, and because of a couple of things that we could do, I have that same feeling of right. like, I help them, you know, have a better day mm-hmm. or have a better time or, you know, or at least, I mean, even, you know, not to say that 311 is the end all be all and answer to everybody's concern, but I could at least offer a bit of empathy, a bit of time to maybe listen to someone's story. And also like sometimes people just need to be heard, you know, and, and maybe, or maybe they just need someone to explain something to them in a way that doesn't seem like it's so adversarial, you know, like, right. like it's just like, here's at least the backstory of why this is happening or where it's coming from. Or uh, another thing that we really pride ourselves on in 311 is like, we will answer the phone and we will call you back. Like we will follow up with this. Um, all of the agents that or that work with me are trained to, to definitely like, like every single call is your responsibility and, and following up with that and following through with that, finding the correct answer, following back up with the department as well as with the resident is all that person's responsibility. Um, and really the most, the majority of my time is spent just monitoring that and making sure that, you know, nothing falls through the cracks or anything like that. And, um, and so far it's, it's, it's been really, really cool to see. I feel like there's always going to be a learning curve, no matter uh, like any new project like this, because, because this is kind of new, at least to Lansing. Uh, and this has been done in other cities. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So our model is, is after uh, Grand, the city of Grand Rapids and the city of Kalamazoo. And I believe Battle Creek just recently started it as well. Okay. Um, really, uh, Grand Rapids has been who we've worked with uh, the closest. Um, they're, they're going on, they're about 10th year now mm-hmm. of having it. And they're at the point now where... Um, 311 is uh, is so much of a partner that like they're who the departments look to when they w- have a new initiative, when okay. they when they want to get the word out, when they want to, you know, whatever it is going to be, when they want to connect with residents, the one of the first stops they go to is make sure to let the folks in 311 know. OK. Um, and so. So, yeah, that's so awesome. It's, yeah, it's modeled after those. So they're definitely taking you seriously. The, yeah. 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 It's <laughs> good to know. Yeah, We got the buy in of some good, you know, some folks. And, and I think that that's that's really important. Circling back to where I was going before. I feel like there's always a learning curve. Do you feel like uh, that you are making progress in that area and your your, your staff is you, like a lot of those questions you originally had yourself where you're like, no, I got this done. Got this. This is what we're going to do here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So on, on quite a few fronts, actually, with regard to like making progress with that. Um from from the city side, um, I really believe that we're making a lot of progress with like sort of like one hand helps the other kind of thing. Um, and, and really partnering with departments intentionally to like, make sure that, you know, we're able to, to work seamlessly with them. Um, but also just on the side of like, I really enjoy that as we're implementing this, Mm -hmm. when something works, we can, we can make the decision to continue it or when it doesn't, 
we can make the decision to be like, oh, no, let's let's review. Let's change something here. Um, and, you know, continuous improvement is is something that I'm, you know, really, really uh, an, an advocate for. And, you know, the idea of like if something isn't working correctly, then let's you know, let's move on or let's expand on it, but let's not continue to do the same thing when we know that it's not working or that it might not mm-hmm. be the best way that we could do it. Um, so, so yeah. So for me, like those connections, those ways of like doing things, some of the departments that we, you know, that we first started with, like it's, it's very much a really good seamless transition. I mean, there are times where we can get the word out about something in literally a minute where before it may have taken a little bit longer for somebody, you know, a perfect example is that is one day the, the, or the turn light at a Jolly and Cedar, which is obviously a huge, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in a lot of traffic. Yeah. And before the police knew about it, before any of that stuff, we were able to get the word out, get the right people on it and get it called. Oh, that's awesome. So quickly. Um, so that, that's something that has, you know, and that's due to like, a really great partnership with their department and making sure that, you know, we're, we have a means to communicate with them on emergencies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like kind of a communication backwards where like now they have told us, okay, somebody's on it. So the other 15, 20, 30 people that called to tell us the same thing, we're like, yep, it's already been, you know, taken care of. We got people on the way. Um, and so it really, it really does affect some, you know, positive change, especially when it's something that affects people's safety and, you know, their ability to go on about their day. So I've heard you mention your coworkers a couple of times here and there, and I, I can only imagine that they are essential to what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I've said, I say it in, in, you know, when, when we're initially training and I've said it even before we, we did the hiring for them is um, it does take a, a, a certain kind of mindset to be able mm-hmm. to sort of turn on a dime and, and, you know, for one phone call, you have one hat on for another phone call, you have to take that hat off and put another one on. And, you know, one might require a certain kind of training that you had. And then another phone call, you're doing a completely different thing. Um, and so, yeah, so that their, their ability to, to be flexible, to continue to have the level of customer service that they do while they're being flexible. And, mm-hmm. you know, even just the ability to like, listen while you're like, you know, typing and taking notes and making sure that you're understanding what people are talking about. Um, the, one of the things that I find so interesting is people have so many different words for things, you know, like what's that thing in the street called? I don't know, but it's leaking, you know? Like, <laughs> and so we have to like, you know, I, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah and me too. Sometimes too. And, and so we have to, you know, really try to figure out like what it is we're talking about, you know, and, and make sure that we are, we're getting the information, helping them understand that, you know, set the expectation that they know we're on it, we're going to get somebody out there, um, and then communicating that to the respective people in the department or the people who are going to do the work. Also, um, another really great thing that I love about the folks that I work with is there, I have six people that work for me and they're all like, like investigators. Um, Mm -hmm. if you hand us a process or a procedure, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to go through it. And if there's anything that doesn't connect or doesn't make sense, like we, eat, sleep and breathe it. And so like, it's like, well, wait a minute, you said this here, but how do we do that here? And how does that get back circle to where we need to be? Um, and so I'm really thankful that I have a really, a really good team um, of folks who help in that regard and, and help. So it's not just me saying like, you know, these processes have to make sense, not just to us, but to the people that we're giving the information to as well. Mm. And then also to fulfill the need of whatever the departments are looking for. You know, there's going to be certain things that we have to collect for them or we have to get them um, in order to do the work or in order to, you know, affect change in whatever it is they're doing. And so um, it, it, it does tend to be a lot of, of things. Um, when someone comes on board, I'm very much uh, try to stay cognizant of the idea that they are 
wrapping their hands around not just like pieces of one department, but pieces of several. Right. Um, and at this point, we are we are not completely partnered with every single department. We are working to bring those on as we go. We're saving some of the emergency stuff for last. We haven't partnered with police or fire or the Lansing City Attorney of the Law area yet or any of the like human resource community service area. Um, those are the kind of ones that we're saving for for later. But uh, but some of the is other there stuff. a reason for that? A goal objective? Um, you know, some of the stuff really has been because like of the legal ramifications. Okay. Like there's some stuff that's like that makes sense. You have to be you know a certain level to, sure. to know that. Um, and then also. We don't even want to brush up against what, like 911 or blur that line. <laughs> I can understand that. So we're very much, we, we want to stay cognizant of that and really give the agents and the office an ability to, to really sort of get run, run in and become a, a, a really good machine. Not only take the, the, the information that we have from the departments and kind of comb through that stuff, but do some, you know, positive improvement on that. So once all that's done, then the stuff that can be a little bit more temperamental when we get it, we can take our time with it. Right. And obviously in your situation, uh, your connection to emergency services would be non-emergency related. Correct. And so you're probably trying to figure out what those areas would be and how you could be helpful. Absolutely. That's very good. I, I think it's awesome that the city put this together because, it is a very obvious and easy way to remember, hey, I need to get some information. 311 is the number to call. There's had to be some tough parts to this because you're going to have to hear complaints. I know that. Absolutely. But there's got to be some really rewarding parts to this job as well. What, what's, what have you found the most rewarding about doing this so far? So for me, it's the motto of like changing lives. Um, just real briefly, I mean, so one of my, one of my huge success stories um, was – attending a meeting that it was, it was just a community, a community meeting about um, the consumer financial protection initiative. And um, I, I sit on that committee and, and while we were at that meeting, we heard a lady speak and this, this meeting was only uh, say about five months ago, four months ago, something like that. She had mentioned that she had had some work done and her sewer line had been uh, broken. Seven. Yeah. Seven. In some way it was broken. It wasn't working. And she had had a neighbor come over and help her try to fix it and get it going. And they couldn't get it going. They couldn't figure out what to do. And so she ordered a external porter potty like that she was using. And then she was like, they were having to take care of like, like tub water and things like that, like pump it out of her house. I mean, and then I was like, so in the, at the end of this meeting, I pulled you know her aside along with uh, with Luciana from the city, and we're like, we gotta help mm -hmm. this lady because this isn't right. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, how long has this been going on, you know? And she's like, well, it happened a little bit before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, wow, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, and I'm like, have you called the city? Have you? And she's like, well, no, I didn't call. I didn't know who to call, so I didn't call anybody. And I'm like, oh. no, no, like, no. And so I took her information um, the, the very next day, did a calling all cars of all of my contacts, um, worked with the public service department, worked with a couple of different areas and literally in 24 hours contacted her back. And, it, and she's like, yes, it's working. It's flowing. And there was no like cost to her. There was no, you know, all it was was just connecting with the correct place. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I, I just couldn't even imagine. And, you know, and to, to talk to her and, you know, have her know that like things are working. And I'm like, anytime you need to call 311 for anything, like if you need to, you know, report any of this stuff, even if you don't 
think it's us. Like right. just call and just we'll, call, we'll just get the info. Yeah. We'll, we'll, find, we'll help you find it. We'll figure it out. Like if, if it's not us, we'll figure out who it is. We're going to, you know, take that time. Which is exactly the point of bringing you in here to let people know about this, to let the, them know, first of all, that the three one one exists and that if you don't have the answers, at least give them a call and hopefully you guys can help find those. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're getting low on time here, but I wanted to ask you real quick, anything new, exciting, something coming up? Yeah. I mean, so with regard to, you know, the city in three, one, one, every day is definitely a new day. Like we, the, no, no two days are the exact same. Um, our, our biggest thing right now though, that we have coming up is um, we have partnered with the clerk's office and obviously the election's coming up. And so we're mm-hmm. looking for a huge um, influx of phone calls, mostly because of the redistricting that happened with census and all yeah, that jazz. Yeah. So lots of people need to call in and figure out where they're supposed to vote. Yeah. Um, many of them have changed. And so um, I probably would have missed it if I didn't have to notice. <laughs> I, I just I noticed and went, oh, yeah, that's a completely different place. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, so and we're able to help, you know, people look that up like right there on the phone, like mm-hmm. oh, yep, it was mm-hmm. here. Now it's here. So that's a big, a that's big one huge, that's happening. Yeah. And then the next one for us is um, we are actually bringing assessor's office on board in the next should be within the next few weeks as well. Um, we uh, we've done all the training with them and now it's time for for them to come on board and uh so that's really exciting for the 311 area um and whenever we bring a new department on board there's there's obviously like the hold your breath real quick just to make sure that all the lines are, are running correctly but then when the calls start coming in um you really start to see that training go into action and you really start to see like oh wow like this does work. And, and, and then for me, it's like, okay, where do we need to like, wh- where are the, the weak spots or where are the, right. the holes in the dam, the things that maybe we didn't think about. Inevitably there's going to be, I believe some. they call that management. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a word for it, <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're looking, we're looking forward to that. Um, obviously the, the election is going to be a big one. We we're going to be, we're going to be open the whole time mm-hmm. as well along with, so we'll be all the way till eight o'clock um, to help them out with their, with the phone stuff. And then um, really just helping people understand like, you know, where they can go vote, where boxes are absentee voting all of that jazz um is going to be it already has we are already has affected our phone numbers but as we get closer to to november we're, we're definitely going to see uh, an increase very good oh yeah i think it's awesome that uh, you are a part of it uh if anybody wants to look it up on the web or net you can always do that by uh, just searching lansing 311 although you could probably just call 311 and they give you the information on that too as well right absolutely <laughs> we're there we're gonna answer it's augie martinez uh and he of course is the uh, manager of the 311 call center here in lansing michigan thanks for coming in man Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I got one final question for you, and it is the question I ask of all my Shining Star guests. If you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? Interesting. Um, I would say don't forget we're all in this together. All in this together? That's it. I think so. I. And you can call 311 to find and, out. And, yeah, and yeah, we're right there with you. <laughs> Elaborate on that just a touch. I mean, I just, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like with, in my life at least, I've seen a lot of like, you know, separation, not, you know, amongst communities, amongst, you know, cities, among so many things. And I think that I, I really feel like we have to recognize that that we we all need to rely on each other at some point or another and and that's it's okay true. there's nothing wrong with that that is true um and and i think that that there's always a better way to do things and and there's a way to be inclusive and you know have empathy and have a sense of like you know helping your neighbor and not not necessarily because you get anything out of it but just because it's the right thing to do so that's an awesome answer go ahead and snap your fingers and make that happen remember 
we can all contribute something good to this world. No matter how big or how small, a simple smile or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand positivity one inch further. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College is a proud collaborator of the Lansing Promise Scholarship, offering graduating high school seniors who live within the Lansing School District and attend a high school within district boundaries an opportunity to attend LCC. The scholarship offers 65 credits over the course of four years from high school graduation. For more information on the Lansing Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Vision.